Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and workers' stories. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. In today's program, we're featuring some great stories from the picket line. As part of the annual Union Activism and History Conference, workers came together to talk about workplace actions from the past and the present. The 1970s Rosella strike that ran for 26 weeks, the victorious polar fresh dispute that ran for three days, and a word from Colleen Bolger about an action at Morris Blackburn Lawyers, where fighting for fear came closer to home than the partners probably ever imagined. But first, some union news. The horrifying events of October the 15th, 1970, when the Westgate Bridge collapsed, killing 35 workers and injuring 18, was commemorated this week. The commemoration was held at 11.50am on Saturday the 15th of October under the structure. Many of the 35 people killed were in the lunch sheds. They were crushed when the 112 metre span between piers 10 and 11 collapsed. Others were inside the girder when it fell. There had been controversy about the safety of the design when a similar bridge in Wales collapsed, killing four. And there was a person called Jack Hinshaw who worked for Freeman and Fox. He basically told us and the unions that he was the best bridge builder in the world. The bridge was safe, and if it wasn't safe, he wouldn't be there. So basically we went back to work. Uh, And about four weeks later the bridge collapsed. Jack Hinshaw was on the bridge, he got killed and took 34 people with him. One of the outcomes of the subsequent inquiry was OH&S procedures and that workers had to be included in safety procedure development. The Westgate Bridge disaster is the worst industrial accident in Australian history, lest we forget. The issue of safety on construction sites continues to be a hot issue. Two weeks ago, two men were crushed to death at the Eagle Farm redevelopment in Brisbane and last week a German backpacker, a worker on a site in Western Australia, lost her life when she fell 13 floors. 
Here is the CFMEU response to the latest fatality. Sad day what happened over there in WA when um, Marianka human come down 13 floors uh, and died as a result of that. And when the main contract on the job, Jerry Hansen, come out and blamed her all right, for not wearing a harness all right, um, and then later on said she was a competent worker but she got too complacent, quickly blame shifting onto the victim, um, the sort of thing. He's well practised at doing this. He's been doing it for... Um, 30-odd years. Um, back in 2011, another migrant worker uh, got killed on one of their jobs in um, up in the Pilbara. Um, we got hit, hit on the head with a um, um, concrete panel. Um, uh, and basically, once again, um, people working on the job, inexperienced, not trained, all right, no supervision, that sort of stuff. And um, going back even further, um, back in 2008, Hanson... Um, the company was fined $174,000 in the Federal Magistrates Court for ripping off foreign workers. Um, so Hanson, the sort of builder um, that preys on vulnerable people, people that, who um, find it hard to get work, people who uh, happen to be um, backpacking around the place, think they can come and work cheap um, and be partly pay for their holidays, their adventures. Um, we really got to, um, we really, all the backpackers know in WA and around the country, you might want to think twice about picking up work on a, on a Hanson type job. You're probably better off doing the, on the fruit picking and getting even but less money or you probably wouldn't get much less. Um, but it's probably a safer type job than going onto a building construction site, which is a high risk work environment, um, and working in, on a, on a Hanson type job or working on a Hanson job where there's no safety procedures in place. The CUB 55, the workers sacked by Colton United Bury and offered their jobs back at 65% of their pay, staged a rally outside CUB's South Bank headquarters last Thursday to welcome new owners of the Bury conglomerate, InBev. We spoke to Chris Brown, a metals delegate and a CUB 55 member, for a breakdown of the situation. Seb Miller's out. SAB Miller finished last Friday. Um, InBev has taken over as of Monday. Yeah. So what does it mean in, the, in terms of the negotiations? In terms of negotiations, it means we're back to square one. We've got a whole new management team that we're happy and willing to start negotiating with today. Are you getting any uh, positive feedback from them? Um, first contact has been made to the new management at AB InBev, uh, and that is in letter form. Um, we've had a pretty promising letter written back from um, the uh, president, Australasian president of um, InBev, and um, we're... In negotiations, I think early next week. Everybody's really concerned about what's going on here, aren't they? People understand that this is a cornerstone dispute. People understand that this is just not about 55 workers trying to get their jobs back. People understand that this can happen to them at any time. Um, until the Fair Work Act is cleaned up, this is a threat to any work in Australia. You're on Stick Together with Annie McLaughlin. Produced at 3CR Melbourne and distributed by the Community Radio Network. This year's Union Activist and History Conference was well attended with a strong sense that there needs to be a pushback against today's industrial laws to get a fair deal. To give a taste of the proceedings, we have put together some past and present fights for fair. First up, old hand Dennis Evans, who worked for the Food Preservers Union during the 26-week Rosella strike in the 1970s. He gives us an insight into that epic affair. I remember as a 14-year-old uh, working as a builder's labourer 
uh, on building sites, probably illegally at 14, uh, and I was given the shovel. The shovel was to go into the corner to dig a hole because that was your shit house. That's where you had a ship and whatever. They were the only amenities that builders, labourers had in those days. And if I could just go back for a minute. Uh, the Food Reserve Union, 26 weeks on strike. In that time, the ACTU and Bill Kelty took, took us to court to have us deregistered. Mm. Now, the only union I know that's been deregistered was the Builders Labor Federation. But they supported a boss's application to have us deregistered because we didn't follow the accord. At one stage, they called for a secret ballot and the commission, being boss's, uh, boss's court, um, uh, allowed that secret ballot because the ACTU and the bosses convinced the court that we weren't telling our members the truth. We were telling them lies and we were leading them by the nose. So I think it was the Ringwood Basketball Court or one of those out there where the secret ballot was conducted. 99% of the people voted to continue the strike. And I think that took the wind out of the sails of people <laughs> like, uh, like Bill Kelty and whatever. And the strike went on further, um, continued for a while until we decided to occupy the building. One morning, 100 members of the union fronted up at the gate. The gates have been locked because uh, people have been outside and whatever. Cut the lock, went into the four-storey building in Knoxfield and occupied the building. And it was good occupying the building uh, because every time the phone rang at Rosella, someone would pick it up and say, this is the Knoxfield branch of the Food Preservers Union. <laughs> How can we help you? And it was also convenient but there was test kitchens there. Mm. They were testing their product. Well, we ate well. <laughs> we ate well. <laughs> uh, all, 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 the, um, all, uh, all of our ethnic members um, uh, made free phone calls to Macedonia, Serbia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all, <laughs> all on Rosella. Until... Until one day, the coppers decided that uh, we weren't going to leave, so they decided to smash all the windows, smash all the doors and um, heave us out. But uh, in the meantime, about six or seven offices had been occupied, um, super glued, and the police had to come in, not only bust the doors to get into the offices, um, but also bust the doors to get the people out of the offices um, that were um, being occupied. So. Now let's hear from Kirtley Tuala, NUW delegate at the extraordinary recent strike at Polar Fresh in Melbourne. Polar Fresh is the cold store central for Coles. What happened was a six-month lead-up by the union and strike action for better hourly rates the removal of labour hire and better conditions. It took only three days for the employers to crumble as their just-in-time policy of business bit them on the bum. Despite the employers having anticipated the strike action by relocating machines and product to other storage sites around the city, the strikers were able to picket all of the sites 
Game Transport Workers Union members' agreement not to cross the picket line and basically win most of their demands. Curtly to Allah. I just want to thank everyone for the opportunity to come and speak today. Um, it's a big privilege, you know, to be asked by, you know, Ryan and the fellow socialist alternative to, you know, come and uh, speak, you know, about what, what happened at Polar Fresh and to share some of, like, you know, you know what we did there and uh, amongst the workers and, you know, ourselves as, uh, as delegates. You know, a bit of a story about how I became a delegate on afternoon shift. Um, I was in Thailand uh, with my missus. <laughs> And, you know, like, we are just, you know, just about to go out on town. And then, you know, then I got a phone call from Heath. And it was like, hey, hey, how's it going, mate? And I was just like, who the hell is this? And it was just like, oh, I'm Heath from the National Union Worker, or uh, Union of Workers. Um, your name has been written down on the, you have to become a, a union delegate. And I was just like, bro, someone's stitching me up. And I, was like, I was like, bro, I didn't even know anything about this stuff, you know? I thought it was a joke, you know? And then he was like, no, no, you know, are you, um, would you like to become a, a delegate? You know, like I thought, like, oh, yeah, all good. You know, a couple of free days off. You know, like, I was like, sweet, yeah, that's me. You know, like, you know. And then, like, you know, because I was always that guy that sat at the back, you know, with the boys, you know, played on my phone, you know, like, too, you know, school, uh, cool for school, you know, one of those people. And, um, you know, I'm sort of like a realist as well, you know, like, I was like, bro, this doesn't involve me. It's got nothing to do with me. You know, I'm too young for this kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, let the old people worry about this, you know? You know? I know it's sad to say, but, you know, like, you know, that's what happened, you know, like, but then, you know, as time went on, and then, like, you know, I got more involved, you know, like, you know, with the, with the union stuff at work, you know, I thought to myself, you can be one or two people, like, a, as a delegate. You could be one, that guy at the back, that does nothing, says nothing, becomes nothing. Or you could be two, you can be active, you can start voicing your opinion about things. And I thought to myself, like, you know, like, man, I can make a change. I can start saying things that could change people's lives. Do you know what I mean? And saying that, you know, that, that all that power comes from back from the team members. Do you know what I mean? I'm just a microphone for them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I spit all their rhymes. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, and like, a lot of the, you know, the team members at work, you know, like, you know, we're basically family. Like, you know, a lot of them, I've got, I've got my brother there. I've got, you know, cousins. You know, so we're all pretty, a uh, real tight-knit group, you know, uh, amongst us, you know, like, on, uh, at Polar Fresh. So, like, you know, like, I see what they go through on a daily basis, you know, like, you know, how they have to provide for their family and sort of, you know, scratch ends meet with, uh, you know, a lot of things, you know. A lot of them are sole providers for their family also. So I see that in the, you know, their, their heart and their eyes, you know, like, and I thought to myself, what can I do? Or what can we do as a whole to change that, you know, upset the setup? And I was like, you know, let's, you know, like, we all have that thing in common, you know, like I said it to a lot during that strike, you know, like, I understand people's got a lot of different priorities in life. You know, like taking care of mortgages, your families, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, car payments and all that stuff. But we all share that same thing in common, and that is a fight to have a better life. Do you know what I mean? That's something that we all, you know, relate to, you know, as workers. So, like, you know, I always, like, sit to them, you know, like, you know, like, understanding your worth. We've always settled for less. It's not what you want. It's what you deserve as a person, as a human being. Do you know what I mean? I know what I'm worth. Do you? And what are you going to do about it? Are you willing to fight for it? You tell me. Because then we can work together. Do you know what I mean? We're a team here. Do you know what I mean? There's no iron team. Do you know what I mean? We need to work together. You know, I say it's so cliche, you know, like, but those are the little things, you know, like, you know, I don't really know heaps about politics and that's real. Do you know what I mean? But what I can tell you is that, like, you know, like, if you believe what I believe in, all right, we have the sense of belief together. And from that, I can trust you. You can trust me. 
we formed that loyalty together. And now I think a lot of our workers, we did that. Regardless of what the, you know, ethnic background you came from, you know, or what kind of religion you have, you know, we came together on that picket line, both men and women. You know, like, and the women were like, you know, the leaders of it. You know what I mean? Like, I always listen to my mom. Those guys were like my mom. You know, like, they're like, hey, come watch the desert. Yep, sweet, that's me. You know, like, you know, hey, pick up the rubbish. Yep, no problem. You know, like, but that's, you know, that trust we have each other. You know what I mean? Like, that loyalty that I have to the people at work. You know, we've been brought up with those kind of morals and principles, you know, respect your elders. You know what I mean? I still live by that. That's my life. You know what I mean? I love my mum and dad, and that's what I'll do anything for them. I see the same people at work the same way, you know what I mean? I share the same values for them, you know, treat others how you would like to treat us, or you people would like to treat you, you know what I mean? Like, those little simple things. Um, also about the, you know, the picket line, sorry, to, you know, to go on and ramble and stuff like that, but you know, like, you know, like, it didn't come, like, to me, like, it didn't, like, become so surreal, like, you know, until, like, you know, I started seeing all the product all the machinery get like you know reallocated to different stores and stuff. I was like, bro, you know, game on, bro. Like you know, like this happened, you know, bro. It's the crunch time now, you know, like you know, like. And I was like looking at the boys and the girls at work. I was like, bro, that's us, man. Let's make a change, man. You know what I mean? Don't be like coming out like you know, like you know, like like I was saying to them. Someone guy goes, oh, you guys are never gonna win that. You guys are never gonna accomplish what you guys are set out to do. And I go, how would you know? Like, how would you know? You'll always be left with that what if in your heart. You know, like, what if? What if I went out? You will never know. And I believe what we won, you know, like, obviously, you know, it's not the things that we wanted to, like, you know, you know get straight away, but we got it eventually. But it's about building that, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have the jacuzzi and the, you know, like, the pool in the backyard before you build a house, do you know what I mean? <laughs> You've got to build the house first, you know, and then get the nice stuff at the back, you know? Like, you know, like, you know. No, you're having that and you've got nowhere to sleep, you know, like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just a realist about that kind of stuff, you know, like. But everyone contributed to that cause. Like, I can't, like, you know, like, it just makes me, like, it's just, like, crazy, bro. Like, I was like, whoa, wow. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, everyone was just, like, amongst it. You know, people were getting, like, involved. Do you know what I mean? Like, people were sharing their stories about, like, you know, just their life. Like, you know, there's some people that I've never met from other shifts. And they're coming up and, you know, like, shaking my hand and telling me, like, you know, man, you guys are making a change. And I want to be a part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then saying that these are the people that, you know, make a change as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I often said, like, you know, this is, this is a sort of like a reminder to these people that, you know, like, we are the engine in this train as workers. Without us, we go nowhere. Do you know what I mean? We, like, with, you know, the heart and soul of this, you know, this, this country. You know what I mean? And it's about time we step up and take, you know, like, you know, take that back from all those, you know, like, big corporations and stuff for like that. Take a stand for what's right. You know what I mean? Like, I know all those things I was saying is cliche, but that's how I speak, you know? Like, you know, I don't have all the big, you know, like, dictionary words that, you know, everyone else has, but, you know, like, I speak from the heart. You know, like, a lot of people started to get emotionally invested in this world as well because we're a family. Do you know what I mean? Like, you want the best for your family, right? You know, like, that's, that's how we are. And I think that when we build that, you know, I guess, you know, like, you know, I'm learning a little, a little bit more and more, you know, each day about, you know, like the history of like, you know, workers and stuff like that. And, you know, it's doing me good because that's something I can relay back to the members at work. Do you know what I mean? Like, and like, I started, you know, I'm starting to love what I do. Do you know what I mean? I'm no longer that guy that sits at the back now. I'm the guy that stands up the front 
and is proud to be that person, you know what I mean? Be that leader, you know? Just for the workers, you know? But besides that, you know, like, I want to give credit where it's due. And, um, you know, my mate here, Ryan, you know, he's the man, bro. <laughs> you know, like, I know he doesn't like it, but I'm just being real, you know, like, he's helped me heaps. You know, like, and, and all the other delegates, like Paul as well, you know, like, we all bounced off each other, you know, we're always going to the room, agree to disagree, but that's what it's all about. But in saying that, you know, like, I just want to say thank you very much for your guys' time. You know, hopefully, you know, what I've, some of what we've said, you know, has resonated in your heart and keeps that fire burning. So thank you very much. Colleen Bolger is a lawyer for Morris Blackman Lawyers. They are well known for their slogan, We Fight for Fair. Colleen and her fellow workmates ran an action within the workplace for a promised 4% incremental pay rise. Uh, Morris Blackburn is a, is a big firm. There's over 1,000 employees nationwide and the Melbourne office where I'm based uh, is the largest office with um, probably about 250 workers. Being a labour law firm means that there is a chunk of people who are politically are committed to being members of unions. So unlike a lot of law firms, um, it has a higher rate of membership. But even so, it had reduced down to about 30% density as the firm you know, uh, kept on growing over the last uh, you know, couple of years without really having sort of people at the core that would um, sort of sign uh, people up. Uh, A lot of people weren't union members, which we encounter all the time, and uh, even those that are, almost none of us uh, had been on strike um, or taken industrial action before. Our key demand was uh, around pay uh, for 4% annual increases, which is a condition that we've enjoyed uh, for over 12 years. I had uh, heard from um, the previous uh, delegate that... The, last, the conclusion of the last EBA, the firm negotiators had said, there's no way in how you're getting 4% um, next time around. We can't just keep giving you um, 4%. And so I knew that the firm would be determined. And it became apparent that the union um, negotiators were accepting that situation. So when I got an email announcing another union meeting uh, to discuss pay, I knew that the officials were going to go into it to try to lower um, the... The demand, and so I made a concerted effort to try to get my immediate um, workmates to come with me to the union meeting and to hold the uh, the line on the four percent. And uh, so, sure enough, we turn up at the meeting. It's the smallest ever, eighteen um, people out of an office of almost two hundred and fifty, uh, and and I've got a you know a a, a team of. Uh, a block of, of, of um, eight people, and the uh, the official um, says, "Well, yes, the firm, the firm um, partners paid themselves sixteen million dollars in uh, dividends last year, uh, but really, I mean, CPI is at zero percent currently. We're asking for four percent above CPI, and no one gets four percent, including me." And I said, "Okay, well." If we're talking about giving up something that we've had for over um, 12 years, I think we should have a bit of discussion. For one thing, 0%, uh, CPI has not just been at 0% uh, uh, for the last um, you know, period. 
and we've always gotten better than CPI. Why should we just be accepting that we should just uh, be, you know, um, just maintaining our current position when the firm is clearly going forward? And that's the result of what we do. So, all right, concedes, we'll have small group discussion. <laughs> okay, my workmates turn to me, what do we do? Well, we hold, we're going for 4%. I'll have a bit of discussion about that. Fine, good. The, um, it starts taking the vote. Gets to 3%. One hand went up. Gets to 3.25. few more. 3.5. Couple more. At this point, he's really craning. You know, <laughs> 3.75. And then it was clear. My, you know, we've, there's a row of us. This sort of <laughs> and hands start going down. So 4%, put our hand up. The union organiser's face was priceless. Like, all right, well, 4% it is. Okay, end of meeting. <laughs> but uh, that then sparked a whole discussion among my workmates who'd been pretty disinterested um, up until that point of, well, we're not just going to get our 4% unless we actually fight for it. Rather than just accept the um, status quo, we uh, said, OK, well, we'll organise a membership drive. The ASU officials did nothing to uh, try to change that situation. The membership drive that um, we organised, we um, produced a leaflet, which was a great experience for my workmates to be involved in drafting and then going around and dropping the leaflet um, on everybody's desk, creating an atmosphere, creating discussions. Uh, you know, it, uh, we um, had real success in terms of building the membership and at, after that our meetings, our union meetings were always between 50 and, uh, and, and 75 people. So it totally changed the sort of atmosphere um, in the workplace. It became clear that the negotiations were breaking down and that the firm was, halt, was stopping at about 2.5% uh, pay increases for support staff and 0% um, for junior lawyers. So finally, uh, the negotiations uh, broke down and the ASU uh, were forced to uh, recommend people take industrial action. We were balloted and the ballot got up for up to two-hour um, stop work actions. We took our 10-minute tea breaks and even though I sort of sniggered at it a little um, at the start, it was actually a really positive way for people who'd never taken industrial action to go through the process of standing up, leaving their desk with everybody else, seeing who went downstairs with them and who stayed uh, behind. And people were really buoyed by the fact that, you know, there was 100-odd of us in the foyer, you know, having coffee and, and, and eating cake. You know, how do lawyers take industrial action they go for coffee? <laughs> That's it for today's Stick Together. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Dennis Evans, Kirtley Tuella and Colleen Bolger for talking to us. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 0394198377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. We're going to go out with uh, more of uh, Mark Seymour's song, Westgate. Bridge. When you go to work each day, you think you're gonna.
kids goodbye. Well, you know you're gonna play to survive. 